Well, today we are in our third part. It's already hard to believe we're three weeks into Advent already, and that uh, the celebration of Christ's birth uh, is just right around the corner. Uh, but today we have the privilege of taking a look at Psalm 126 as part of speaking to the subject of joy. And I want to begin first by uh, speaking to what joy is not. Joy is not happiness. Uh, happiness is a human emotion and is based solely in uh, circumstances. It's based in uh, what we perceive at any given moment, uh, whether or not something is going to make us happy or not. Uh, we can choose to see something as uh, something that can bring us happiness, uh, even in the midst of a difficulty. Uh, and by definition, if you look up joy in the dictionary, and I think this will help us understand the joy that the Bible speaks of is not the joy that man defines. Because it says intense and especially ecstatic happiness or an instance of such feeling. As you can see from its own definition, it is based in a feeling. Well, joy, biblical joy, joy that comes from the Holy Spirit of God is not just a feeling. It's because feelings can come and go. But the joy that we have, uh, as we will see, is a result of that work of salvation that has been accomplished uh, through Christ's sacrifice that is sealed by the Holy Spirit so that we experience something that we cannot apart from God, and that is joy. Uh, and some verses that we're going to take a look at and uh, as we consider uh, something else that joy is not... It, and that is that joy is not contingent on circumstances. Because you can take a look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16, 17, and 18. It says, rejoice always, or to be joyful no matter what is happening. Rejoice always. So rejoice always when your car doesn't start, when you have to go to work and you're already 10 minutes late. Well, wait a minute, Pastor Bill, you're crossing the line. No, it doesn't say when things are going good. It says rejoice always. Okay, there's the, the stipulation there is the always. And so there's nothing that is uh, not included in always. Uh, it doesn't matter how you frame it. It doesn't matter what it is, no matter how difficult or how not difficult it is. Uh, it says scripturally that you are to rejoice, and this is speaking of believers, rejoice always. Rejoice when you fill up your car and it's twice as much as it was last year. Because you know what? You have a car. You have the ability to pay for that gas. Hopefully you're not driving away from the station not paying for your gas. It goes on in verse 17 to say, pray without ceasing. You know, and it's one of those things, maybe rejoice always even when you're stuck in gridlock traffic. That's when you're supposed to pray without ceasing to make sure that you don't say or do things that you will regret later. Verse 18 says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So you want to know what God's will is for you in Christ Jesus? To give thanks in all circumstances, to rejoice, to be joyful no matter what. And that may seem like a just impossible endeavor. When you look at it through the lens of feelings and emotions. And see, that's the difference. 
Because this is not based in your feelings. This is not based in emotions because biblical joy is something that God gives and is a result of the salvation and the work that he has done in Christ for you. And that's what makes the difference. Now, that doesn't mean that we cannot quench that joy because, unfortunately, we do. But you can't get rid of it, and you'll see why in a few moments. Second is is that joy does not come and go like happiness does. Um, Psalm 68, verse 3 says, But the righteous shall be glad, they shall exalt before God, they shall be jubilant with joy. Did you notice the clarifier? The righteous, but the righteous shall be glad. What do we have to be glad for? God's mercy, God's grace, God's love, the hope that we have in Christ Jesus, the fact that we are no longer slaves to sin, that we are no longer in the kingdom of darkness, that we are more than just the desires of the sinful flesh because we've been changed. We are no longer those same individuals. So the righteous shall be glad. They shall exalt before God. They shall be jubilant with joy. Yes, that's absolutely right. And see, that's the thing, and that's the difference because this is biblical joy. Now, some people will tell you, well, I've, been, I've experienced joy before. I've had a feeling of joy. Well, see, that's not the same. Because this is based in who God is and what work God has done in you. So by its very definition, as we look at biblical joy, joy is delighting in, seeing the beauty of, sensing the presence of, encountering the majesty of, and benefiting from the God who is. Take that in for a moment. Because that's what biblical joy is. Delighting in, seeing the beauty of, sensing the presence of, encountering the majesty of, and benefiting from the God who is. That joy is based in God. It's not based in your feelings. It's based in the God who is. I like what Billy Sunday, the great evangelist and baseball player, if you didn't know that, said, if you have no joy, there's a leak in your Christianity somewhere. And that's the truth. Because every Christian, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ today, you should be full of joy. Because the Holy Spirit is in you. Because you've been redeemed. Because God loved you with a love that sent his son Jesus Christ to the cross. See, that's the difference. You no longer think about yourself. Well, I'll be happy if... And you know what, if, and, and if I take it even a step farther, I might even experience just an a, you know, exhilaration of joy if this happens. Well, see, the thing is, is that there, there is no if for the believer because we have joy because of who God is. So you can't fabricate joy. Either you have it or you don't. So if you're here this morning... And you are being beaten down. There's only one of two things that I can encourage you in. One is that you are quenching the spirit and you need to stop. Or two, you don't know the spirit. You don't know the son of God. You don't know what joy is because you haven't experienced salvation in Christ. And if that's the case, then you need to fall on your knees before the one who is. All those things that we sung about this morning all those beautiful things, 
in relation to the Son of God taking on flesh, dwelling among us, offering himself as that once-for-all sacrifice so that we could experience forgiveness of sin, to be reconciled to God for all of eternity, experiencing eternal life and no longer experiencing eternal death. Well, Psalm 126 is a beautiful psalm, and the video uh, actually showed all of it. Um, Some of the other psalms, it was only partial because of how long they are. Um, But there's only six verses in Psalm 126. And I'd like to speak to it for just a moment because Psalm 126 actually gives us a picture of what God's joy does in the life of those who belong to him. Verse 1 said, When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dream. Well, this is possibly in reference to the return to the promised land after being in captivity in Babylon for 70 years. We don't know 100% for sure, but it would speak to the reason why it would be like a dream. To be able to come back to the land that God had given to them, the only reason they weren't in that land is because of their rebellion against God and God using foreign nations to judge them. But imagine yourself being those that know about the promises, have read everything that God did in in calling out Abraham and through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And to, to watch as Moses led God's people through the wilderness to the promised land. All to know that you have been maybe born into a time of captivity lasting some odd 70 years, which for some of us, that's our entire lives. Actually, probably for most of us. But imagine being able to go back, to be able to realize the blessing of God. It would be like a dream. Wow, all of this God has given to us. And the only reason we weren't experiencing it was because of our own selfish desire, because instead of you know, rejoicing in the God who is, we chose to, do, to worship the gods of other nations. And what did God do? Because of his holiness and his righteousness, he judged us. But now we're once again experiencing that joy, that restoration of God. And when you think about it from a salvation standpoint, that's exactly what happens. We've been restored to God through Christ. We're no longer God's enemy. We're no longer under, you know, uh, the feelings of sadness and anger and uh, all those things that pertain to the sinful flesh the desires of the eyes, you know, the pride of life. But instead, what we have is a restoration where we're we're no longer at enmity with God, that our sin no longer separates us because Jesus Christ, the sinless Son of God, the Lamb of God, who came and was born in a manger, yes, but he never ceased being God because he is the Son of God. He did veil his glory because no one could be in the presence of his glory. Not even his parents. Because his glory would reveal their sin. But he didn't just uh, come to be born in a manger. He didn't come just to be a good person and for people to think that he's just like any other good person in the world. No, he told us the truth. He told us that apart from him, there is no salvation. That there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Does it matter how you frame it, how you want to look at it from an an earthly standpoint? Jesus Christ said, no, here is the truth. I come from God because I am the son of God. I am God. 
And what is the result of all this? What is the result of them being restored to God? Having the fortunes of Zion restored, you know, something that was as if it was a dream. You could hardly believe it. Didn't seem real, but it was 100% real. The result shows us in verse 2. It says, our mouth was filled with laughter. Uh, Which, you know, when we think about our mouths, you know, when we have the emotion of happiness, you know, good things come out of our mouth. You know, because, you know, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so those who have been transformed, those who have experienced the joy of God, who have been uh, separated from uh, their sin and have a, a perfect restored relationship with God, are filled with laughter. Laughter that can only come from someone who's been redeemed. You know, not a laugh, uh, you know, that is spiteful. This is a, a, a heart full of joy. Is trying to figure out some way within this this frail shell to to ex, ex, not only experience but to to show forth to everyone else what has had happened. I'm almost bursting at the seams because I can't you know you know get it out so that everyone can see. My mouth is filled with laughter, an expression of joy and relief that I'm no longer an enemy with God. Verse 2 goes on to, to even give more detail. It says, our tongue with shouts of joy. So right on their, their lips, coming off of their tongue from behind those pearly whites, is something beautiful. Something that only God can give you the ability to do, and that is to rejoice no matter what the circumstances are. To know that no matter what happens to you, whether you even die in relation to your faith, that there is a joy inexpressible that God gives to those who belong to him. The psalmist in Psalm 40, verse 3, penned it this way. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and hear and put their trust in God. So see, there is a direct result of what happens when someone who's been redeemed, who is living in the power of God through the Spirit, experiencing the joy that only God can give, is that others are going to see it. And the thing is, if you look like the rest of the world around you, then something is not right. Because you should be full of joy inexpressible. You should be like the Israelites who were filled with laughter, that their tongues were shouting for joy because they belonged to God and they were home. Verse 2 goes on to give testimony to this very fact that many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. As we read in Psalm 40 verse 3, it says, The Lord has done great things for them. So the nations around them were looking and saying, wait, God's done something great here. Even those that would not even acknowledge God, pagan cultures are realizing that God had done something special for Israel. A testimony to the nations around them. And so ask yourself the question this morning, and I know it may be a difficult question to ask, but when people look at you, Do they see someone who is giving testimony to the joy that they have in God? That there's always something good on your tongue to speak, even when things are completely upside down, backwards and inside out. 
Because remember, you're supposed to rejoice always to give thanks in all circumstances. And I know it's hard. But nothing is impossible with God. The spirit that's within you can, can have that joy just flowing out. That it overwhelms people and they look at you and say, how is this even possible? And I'm sure there was people of those nations surrounding them. How is it even possible that Israel was able to come back in, come back to the promised land after 70 years? Because God's gracious, because God is good. In verse 3, because not only does it in verse 2 give testimony so that many will see and fear and acknowledge God because of that joy coming forth, the people themselves will give testimony because verse 3 says, the Lord has done great things for us, we are glad. So do you say that? Boy, I'm glad to be a child of God. Because sometimes what happens is, is we, oh, I wish this. You know, and see, the thing is, is that a, uh, we're never satisfied when we keep looking through sinful eyes. But we'll always be 100% fully satisfied, fulfilled to overflowing when our lens is the joy of God. They themselves affirm God's work. That's like us giving our testimony to what God has done in saving us. Something that, you know, as we are going through a membership class right now, uh, you know, the class is working on their testimonies so that they can share those with the church leadership to give testimony to the great things that God has done. The thing is, we don't give God enough praise that way. In verses 4 to 6, as it closes out, Psalm 126 is... Um, you know, they find difficulty in reestablishing themselves in the promised land because they've been gone for 70 years. So it talks about the land, you know, uh, would produce tears and sorrow, but that, that it would eventually end up in transforming into shouts of joy because they would once again see the promised land producing. They would see God's blessing and God's hand upon them after being in captivity for 70 years. How many years were you captive to sin? Maybe more than you care to remember. You know, and this is not meant to be an exercise of remembering how many years you were captive. The, the point of it is, is remembering that you've been freed from it. That you have a joy from God. That no matter how many tears, no matter how much sorrow defined your life before Christ, that's not you now. Instead, your tears will be of joy, even under persecution. That all that you are will be an expression of all of who God is in you. So how should this inform our lives today? And I'm going to be closing with, believe it or not, seven points. But don't, don't you know, fret and look at the clock and say, wow, how's he going to do that? Because, and this is not exhaustive, but as I thought about everything that joy represents scripturally. I want you to have as much reason not to go where maybe you are and experience the joy of God each and every day. So the first is we have joy because 
of God's grace. First Peter chapter 1, verse 8 says, Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not see him or now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory. See, this is the result of someone who's been redeemed. This is the result of someone who's been transferred from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. That even though you don't see God and you don't see him now, you believe in him. That's faith. And see, only someone who's been redeemed, only someone who's been given the gift of faith can see and can understand and can acknowledge the joy that they have. A joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory. Glory for who? God. Returning to him the joy that he has given you as a result of being uh, the God who saves. Second, the Holy Spirit produces his joy in the life of the believer. Galatians 5.22, you have memorized. Isn't it interesting that the first three fruit of the Spirit are love, joy, peace. Everything that we've been talking about in relation to, uh, well, we haven't talked about love yet. That's next Sunday. But in the Advent wreath, as we think about Christ's coming, see, part of what the Spirit gives you, part of what the Spirit is in dwelling believers, is that he gives you his joy. The thing is, you cannot get rid of the Spirit. The Spirit is there as God's seal. Yes, you can quench it when you start looking at life through the circumstances instead of looking at life through the eyes of God who made you, who saved you. Romans fourteen seventeen says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. See, it's the Spirit that gives you that joy. It's not your feelings. It's not the circumstances. It is the God who is. And you being in the presence of that God, experiencing all that he is, delighting in him, seeing his beauty, sensing his presence, encountering the majesty of him as you look at the creation around you, to see it through the eyes of the one who made it, and benefiting from, and we have much that we benefit from. Because God continues to supply our needs and to bless us beyond measure. Third, when believers are abiding in Christ, they experience his joy. In John chapter 15, uh, where Jesus is speaking about him being the vine and us the branches. He says that the Father is glorified when we bear much fruit. He says in verse 11, these things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you. And your joy may be full. The joy that is in the Son of God is the joy that's within the Godhead. And Jesus Christ is the one through whose sacrifice we experience that joy. As the Spirit of God gives testimony to the fact that we are children of God. Giving us the fruit of joy. And that's what glorifies God the Father. That we bear much fruit which... Some is in relation to the works that are prepared beforehand that we should walk in them, but also, too, it's the fruit of the Spirit indwelling the believer and living out through that believer and through that redeemed life in such a way that even that glorifies God. It is a fruit that is born, a fruit uh, that comes from the Spirit of God. 
I like what A.R. Torrey said. He says, there is more joy in Jesus in 24 hours than there is in the world in 365 days. See, when you've experienced the presence of God, when you've spent those times in meditation and chewed on sections of the word of God, making it part of who you are, there's nothing like it. You step away feeling filled and overwhelmed by the sense that God has given you the spiritual eyes to see truths that transform even time itself. To know that God had a plan for salvation even before he created the world. To see that, that you know, uh, unfolding within time. That in the fullness of time, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, so that he could redeem Fourth, in the presence of God, there is fullness of joy. The verse we just read actually speaks some to that, but Psalm 1611 also says, You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. See, in the very presence of God, there is fullness of joy. Because think about it. Go back even to the garden before the fall. Adam and Eve experienced the fullness of joy because they walked with God in the garden. They were holy as God is holy. There was no sin separating them. And so what better place to be is to be in the fullness of joy knowing you're right with the God who made you. And that is exactly what happens when you put your faith and trust in Christ. Yes, you still struggle with sin, but that sin does not define you any longer. You have a joy inexpressible that should be flowing out of you so that others can see it. People that you work with, family members, people in the line at the grocery store as you're, you're, you know, smiling for no reason at all. While everybody else around you is, you know, cussing under their breath and and has nothing good to say about anything. That doesn't mean you you don't process everything that's happening around you because you do. But you don't let it define you. You let the joy of God define you. Because there is fullness of joy in the presence of God. And guess what? The Spirit of God indwells every believer. So the very presence of God is within you. Not that you are God, because you're not. But the Spirit of God is the seal, and the Spirit is God. And so therefore, you can experience the presence of God as you spend time in prayer, as you read his word, as you join together with other believers for worship, as you're sitting in gridlock traffic, going nowhere, you can experience the joy of God because God is with you everywhere you go. Fifth, the joy of the Lord cannot be silenced. Psalm 32, 11. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, O righteous. Again, notice, the only ones that have joy are the righteous. And shout for joy, all you upright in heart. Circumstances cannot quench the joy of God. It says, be glad in the Lord and rejoice, O righteous. Because we have so much to rejoice, to be joyous about. But yet, how come so often... When people look at us, they don't see joy. They see people that are run down, 
a matter of fact, I've talked to a lot, you know, many unbelievers that, that look at Christians and say, well, they're, they're no different than I am. And that's a sad commentary. Because we should be those that cannot be silenced because God cannot be silenced. His word cannot be silenced. His spirit cannot be silenced. Six, the joy of the Lord is our strength. Jeremiah 8, 9, and 10. For all the people wept as they heard the words of the law. And see, the thing is, only a believer can see the importance of the law. They know that the law is the schoolmaster. They know that the law says that there is someone to whom we must give an account. That there is someone almighty and all-powerful that can say, this is right and this is wrong. It says, and do not be grieved, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. So what are you maintaining strength-wise? Is it the circumstances of life? If gas is a buck eighty-nine a gallon? Because those things are fleeting. Those things, you know, are, fluctuate up and down. Your emotions fluctuate up and down. Because it's all based in things that are transitory. That's why the joy of the Lord is your strength. That's why you're not like the rest of the world. So stop looking like the rest of the world and start tapping into the strength that is within you by the power of the Spirit. The joy of the Lord is your strength. It doesn't say becomes your strength. It is your strength. Believe those words. And finally, no one can take the joy or no one can take God's joy from the believer. John 16:22. So also you have sorrow now, but I will see you again and your hearts will rejoice and no one will take your joy from you. Because man does not have the power to take away or have authority over the God who is. And if God paid for you with the precious blood of his son, Know this, that there is nothing that is going to take away the joy of God from you. It's always there. You may quench the spirit because you're, you're deciding to live for yourself or to live in sin. But the joy of the Lord is still there because your salvation is still there because you belong to God. You're not the same individual. You have been reborn. So the thing is, and the challenge is, is act like you've been reborn. Stop living for yourself. Start living in the, the uh, strength of the Lord. You know, and it reminded me, and this will uh, probably uh, touch base with many of you, but there was a song, and with this I close, that we sung as kids. Uh, in particular, maybe Sunday school, maybe camp, I can't remember, maybe both. Um, I'm not even sure if the kids sing it today. But it says, I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart. I've got the joy, yeah, down in my heart to stay. It's because the God who is, is in you. Every true believer in Jesus Christ. And so with the very simplest but yet truthful words of that kid's song, Live like it. Because you do have the joy, 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 joy down in your heart to stay. 
because the God who is, is in you. And the joy of the Lord is your strength. That you have a joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory. That you have joy in the Holy Spirit. You have joy in the fact that you are now a son or daughter of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. That Christmas is more than just opening packages. It's a remembrance and a reminder of the Son of God taking on human flesh and walking amongst us so that he could show us and communicate to us the truth. That we are sinners in need of a Savior. Those things should bring joy. They should fill your heart to overflowing at all times. And so let that flow out through you today. If you've been struggling, trying to figure out what's up, well, take all these scriptures I just gave you, and they're in your bulletin, so you have no excuse. I put them all in there on purpose. Read over those this week. When you find yourself going and feeling beaten down and you know, feel as though you're, you're being robbed of your joy, go back to the promises you have in Scripture to remind you who God is and who God is and what he has done in and through you. And that will make a difference. I guarantee it. You will be filled with a joy inexpressible and people will know. And the thing is, is it shouldn't just be to this time of year. Because you're going to find a lot of people that are going to be all kinds of peppy and full of joy and everything else. Some of it is because of the circumstances they find themselves in. Some of it because they are using something to escape and it is you know, making them do things they wouldn't normally do. But see, that's not you. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Let's bow, church family, for a closing word of prayer. Gracious Father, Lord, I thank you for the joy that is inexpressible. That means we can't rightly communicate it. We can't unpack it. We can't identify every aspect of it because it is so amazing because it is your joy, the God who is infinite, eternal, almighty, who is wise and holy and merciful and gracious and loving. But Lord, even if it is inexpressible, may we not just ignore it because we can't put our minds around it, but instead let it define us, let it flow forth from thankful hearts who are strengthened by the Lord, strengthened by you. And Lord, as we find ourselves living in days and and an age that is more and more consistently against your truth, your law, Lord, may we even the more be those that are showing forth that inexpressible joy in ways that people will step back and say, wow, God has truly made a difference in their life. And I want to know why. Because this is a prime time of year for us to be able to communicate the truth of your son, Jesus Christ, to a fallen world that needs to to be saved. That needs your transforming power coming into their lives and, and taking them out of their selfish desires and out of the sinful uh, uh, world and bringing them into your kingdom, which is forever, without end. And so, Father, Lord, as we leave this place today, may each believer here 
not quench the spirit, not quench the joy, but instead get out of the way and let the spirit do his great and mighty work in each one of us so that others can believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray, amen.